Hey, Lucia. My name is Rachel. Hi, my name is Aista. And, and we, we are Daughters of the King Podcast. Welcome to episode two, titled God Forbid. Thank you for choosing our podcast. We hope this message today blesses you just as much as it has blessed us. So in today's episode, we'll be focusing on the amazing book of Romans. We will be referencing numerous verses, but for most of this episode, we'll be diving into Romans chapter 6. We will be discussing sin, grace, and how to overcome sin. This episode is going to be packed with a lot of crucial information that is necessary for all believers in Christ who may be struggling with sin or maybe someone who wants to have a relationship with Christ but doesn't know where to start. We will be defining what sin is, why sin is distasteful in the eyes of God, and ways to conquer sin. We will describe the concept of God's grace from a biblical stance and why the Lord's free gift of grace is important for us to grasp. So with that being said, as always, we like to start off with prayer so that our words are Holy Spirit-led. So Isata, do you mind leading us in prayer for this episode? Yes, I can. All right. Thank you, Lord and Heavenly Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and for your grace that you show us each and every day. Lord, we just pray that um, you'll speak through us, Father. We pray that um, the message today that we are wanting to deliver to our listeners will touch their hearts, Father, that they'll turn to repentance, Lord. We just ask that we won't say anything that you do not want us to say. We won't say anything that goes against your word, Father. And we just ask for you to be here with us and be with all of our listeners, Lord. We just give your name all the praise, honor, and the glory, and we praise in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, to begin, um, I'll be starting off with sin. So, we have six verses that the Lord put on our hearts to speak about in regards to sin. Obviously, there are so many verses that we could use, and we honestly struggle to narrow things down. But these verses were placed on our hearts. After we read and discuss the six verses about sin, then we will define grace and read five verses that explain how gracious our Father is to us. And lastly, we will discuss how to overcome sin with the help of the Word of God. So I'll start us off um, focusing on sin. So of course, we have to define what sin is. So uh, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, sin is an offense against religious or moral law. Moral law is a system of guidelines with absolute principles defining the criteria of right action. Um, Sin is also a transgression against God, and a transgression is anything that goes against a command or a law. Um, We also looked at the definition for sin from the Greek, so sin translated from the original Greek literally means to miss the mark. So when you miss the mark of something, you're not reaching that goal. Um, so it's like, what's that one sport? Uh, ar- archery? Oh yeah, is it archery? Mm-hmm. Or um, I don't know, what's that other sport where they throw the, well, like they have to try to hit the bullseye? Dart. Oh yeah, darts. <laughs> darts, that's what it is. So darts. So, you know, like your goal obviously is to get as close as you can to that middle, target. you know, target. but. You, you know, depending on how good you are, of course, um, you most people, you know, will miss it over and over again. But that's how it is with sin. When we, whenever we sin, we're missing that mark that that God wants us to reach, that bullseye. So, yeah. Um, so a verse that kind of 
we wanted to bring up that kind of relates to that would be Romans 3.23. And it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we really want to emphasize that it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of us have missed the mark and are continuously missing the mark. Some of us willfully, some of us, you know, not on purpose. But that is why the Lord died for us. Um, he died for everybody, even those that do not believe in him, because we all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. So now that we know what sin is, we need to know where sin came from. So where did sin come from? Well, um, I'm sure most of us know about the story of Adam and Eve. So, um, you know, they ate from the tree that they should not have ate from, that God commanded them to not eat from, and they did anyways. So Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So again, um, we just want to throw out there and really emphasize that it says to all men, all sinned, because I feel like a lot of times when sin is a topic, people kind of feel attacked and feel mm -hmm. like it's just them, like it's just them that are sinning. They are the sinners, they are the sinners. But no, the word of God clearly points out it's all of us. Every single person falls short. Even all, Christians. Yeah, you know, like we all sin. We all have things that we struggle with, um, you know, which is why we really wanted to talk about this because we wanted people to, to understand that it's not just you that has struggles that you go through, but people that truly believe in the Lord and that follow the Lord as well, they have their own strongholds and things that they struggle with. Um, so yeah, so this verse, you know, it explains that sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. But then further on, um, in that same chapter of Romans 5, uh, I'll be reading from verses 18 to 19. It says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. <clears throat> Sorry, so that, that verse, right, those two verses actually right there are explaining what Adam did. So he brought sin because he disobeyed, but then also explains what Jesus did. He made us righteous because he died on the cross for us, and he was a righteous man himself. He was without no sin. And um, I believe Rachel was Second Corinthians 5.21. Yep. So Second Corinthians uh, 5.21, let me actually pull that up. So it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So those three verses right there explain where sin came from. So it came from Adam. And Jesus came to take on that burden and that sin by being perfect, you know, without blemish, without any spots. And he came and he took on our sin, even though he did not sin yeah. at all. Um, I also wanted to add that, like, so when, so Adam obviously is the first man that, you know, God created on this earth. He transgressed against God's law, right? And after he had sinned, all of us, you know, fell underneath that fallen nature. We all sinned, correct? And, you know, you go all the way back on, like if you read in Matthew, the book of Matthew, 
it tells the lineage from um, Adam to Jesus. So that's why Jesus had to be the last Adam. You know, I don't know if anyone has heard that before where, you know, he literally had to become the last Adam to, to restore, you know, what Satan has done, the evil, you know, on this earth that we, we no longer have to pay for our sins. We don't have to work our way to heaven because he paid the penalty of sin. In full. In full. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yep, that's where sin came from. So now that we understand what sin is, where it came from, we need to understand, well, why is sin bad? So, you know, as Rachel and I stated earlier, um, God is without sin. So sin is what separates us from God because he is holy. Um, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your inequities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So that verse there is explaining that it's our sins that make that separation. That it, it, That's the wall that is between us and God. Um, I just also wanted to add, as um, you were reading Isaiah 59 um, it says, but your inequities have separated between you and your God. So that being said, uh, we have to define, you know, inequities, because that's not a word, you know, that a lot of people use, that they, that they use, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in the Merriam-Webster, it says gross injustice uh, and wickedness. And what does yours say? Um, immoral or grossly unfair behavior. So like when you were reading that scripture, um, I just thought of like how, you know, when you're living in sin, right? And you're practicing sin, you know, knowingly, um, the Lord is in a way absent. Like he's not listening to you, like, you know, listening to you, having communion with him. And, um, I just thought, it's very interesting because a lot of people who are like, you know, when we see people online, you know, they're living yeah. a drunken lifestyle, mm -hmm. they're having fornications, prostitutes even, you know, mm -hmm. they always bring up God, you know, like God is giving them blessings and, you know, and like we know that there's many gods, you know, people call Satan even their God, you know, mm -hmm. so I just think it's interesting to see that like, you know, our inequities can separate us from God, you know, and it says, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So sin is a very big thing. You know, it's a transgression, you know, of the law. Um, and, and First John 3, 4, it says, Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, my, my version says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Mm -hmm. So we know what lawlessness is. It's, you know, not following the law. So, mm -hmm. um, and I think one thing to just pay attention to is that it says makes a practice of um so when you are actually i'm not 
I'm going to talk about myself. So before I decided to really, um, like 100% walk with the Lord, I would go out, you know, I would drink like to the point, you know, where you're drunk, not, not, you know, just a little cup. Um, and you know, I was cursing for fun. Like I wouldn't say for fun, but it wasn't, it didn't occur to me that it was a sin. Um, and so I made a practice of those things. I made a practice of going out every weekend. I made a practice of cursing, you know, all the time, you know, I made a practice of listening to music that had, you know, those suggestive topics and, um, it it was just that I, I made it a practice of doing things that were against God's law pretty much. Um, so when you're doing things like that, that is lawlessness and, you know, you can't walk with the Lord when you're walking in lawlessness, like you have to walk in righteousness. And that doesn't mean that you're a perfect angel because nobody's perfect. We just read in Romans 3, 23, that we all fall short. So of course, and, and God knows that, but when you're making a practice of those things, when you're going out purposely every weekend, every Saturday night, and then you wake up Sunday morning and you go to church and you go to church and you say, oh man, last night was so crazy. I, I definitely have to go to church to cleanse myself or to wash myself. Mm -hmm. Like that is kind of spitting in the Lord's face because you're making a practice of that. Like you're purposely going out every weekend, getting drunk, you know, fornicating, if you're doing that, whatever, you know, just making a practice of those things and purposely then running back to the Lord. But the thing is, the word just said, he's turning his face away from you. Mm -hmm. Like he's not he's not listening, you know, not, not that he, you know, is a mean God. He isn't, but it's that sin. Like the sin is literally, it's a big wall that is blocking us from God. Mm -hmm. So when you make a practice of those things, it's, it's really not a good thing. So that's why you really have to realize, you know, and that's why you really want to cover sin because it's such a big topic. Like there's so many verses about it, um, because it's so important. And, you know, and it, it's just the one thing that truly can change your entire life if you have sin rule you, if that makes sense. Um, I wanted to chime in because uh, Holy Spirit dropped this on my heart. Um, it's First John uh, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So obviously, you know, and a lot of people like to downplay the devil and and think that he doesn't exist, but in their lifestyles, you know, they like, like in the verse, I forgot what verse it is in the Bible, but it says, you know, they profess that they know me, but in their works, they're abominable, you know, Mm -hmm. and basically like disobedient. They're not, they're not walking in righteousness, right? So like, you know, there's children of God and children of the devil. And it literally says, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Okay, and one more thing really quickly. First, that same chapter that you're in, mm-hmm. the verse eight literally says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Yeah. 
the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And the next verse, you guys, literally says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So if you're sitting there and you're calling yourself a child of God, but you are making a practice of sinning, you're actually a child of the devil. That is the honest truth. So that is why you cannot keep on sinning. Like, it's not possible. Like, you cannot be a child of God and keep on sinning. Like, there's no... And sorry, let me rephrase that. You cannot keep on willfully sinning. Mm -hmm. It's not possible because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. The Holy Spirit will convict you Mm -hmm. and you want to walk in righteousness. Like you just, you want to do it. It's not even like you feel obligated. It's, it's the spirit inside of you because God does not mix with sin, which is why the Bible tells us so many times that the light cannot mix with darkness. I also want to like input that you know when you're talking about like you know basically like righteousness and stuff like doing what's right Mm -hmm. um do you ever notice like how the world speaks like even before like we were walking with the lord you know that actually this is god giving us this conscious consciousness right Mm -hmm. where do you notice how the world likes to say oh i got this gut feeling yeah that is literally the lord literally you know and people go oh i have this gut feeling about this person um and this or this vehicle this person was stalking me you know i got this gut feeling that's the lord warning your spirit you know and even Mm -hmm. if you're not walking with the lord like he still comes and makes himself known yep you know and saves you know that's what he was called to do you know he was doing the will of his father which is to die on the cross for all of our sins, all of our sins, all of the things that we are shameful of, all the things that we regret. And, you know, the enemy likes to, you know, sow seeds of doubt and about yourself. And, you know, we can go on about like all this, but like, I don't want to get off topic or anything, but like just addressing sin. There's so many verses. And, you know, if you want, you can just keep pressing on. Well, there's just a few more verses left that um, I wanted to reference. So just kind of like how we were talking about, um, you know, choosing to sin. So do you want to read your version for Hebrews 11, 25 first? Oh, okay. So basically the reason why we're going to this verse right now is because the Bible literally says, you know, when you're sinning, it can feel good for a little bit. And I also, um, I want to give credit to uh, Ricky from End Times Headline because he's the one that yeah. pointed this out. So um, Hebrews 11, uh, 25, it says, um, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yeah. And I'm emphasizing season because in Aista's uh, ESV, it's a different, like, the wording is, you know, obviously different. So. Yeah, mine just says, uh, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So we know the word fleeting, you know, it means uh, lasting, you know, for a very short time. So, and we know seasons, 
but there's no such thing as a long season, you know, mm -hmm. it's a season for a reason. So, um, yeah, so, you know, the Lord is saying, you know, yeah, it may feel good for a little bit. <laughs> like basically, um, what I got out of it is like sin feels good, right? Mm -hmm. Like our nature, um, you know, the Lord knows that, you know, sexual desires are going to happen because of our, you know, we're created that way, right? But, you know, the world likes to pervert everything and sexualize everything. So like sin feels good for a season. It, it's only temporary, you know? You don't have like, let's say, so someone who is in their 20s, 20, 21 years old, they're partying, drinking, drunkenness, everything, doing all that. Do you think they're gonna be doing that when they're in their 50s, in their 60s, 70s? No, it's for a season and it's temporary and the Lord's just revealing like, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to feel good forever, pretty yeah. much, you know? Um, and I think probably just the last, last thing we're probably going to say on sin is just this verse right here. It's a uh, first John one, uh, verse eight. So it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So just keep that in mind, you know, because there are a lot of people that when someone comes up to them and tells them, oh, you know, God died for your sins, you know, you need him, you need to believe in him because he died for your sins. And they say, well, I'm a good person. Well, no one is good except for God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the word is very clear about that. There's verses yeah, that says that. Jesus, but, Jesus says that. Yeah. You know, no one is good except for the Father. So if you say... You know, I'm a perfect person. I have no sin. You know, I, I don't sin. I do good. I give to the poor. I give to the needy. That doesn't matter. You know, like we need a savior because lying is a sin. You know, just look, if you're, whether you're married or not, just looking at a woman, you know, in lust is a sin. You know, in uh, Matthew 5, verse 27 to 28, Jesus is talking about lust. So verse 27 says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So the reason why Jesus says this though is because he understands how our brains work. He understands that it starts with thoughts. You know, if you're having lustful thoughts, then you'll eventually, you know, keep thinking about it, keep thinking about it, and you might want to act on it. So that's why Jesus says, don't even lust, you know, in your mind, because he knows that thoughts leads to actions and actions lead to sin. And there's actually, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> this is the last verse, but this verse perfectly explains just literally what I just said. So it's James 1.14. Um, also read verse 15. It says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Mm -hmm. So there you go. The Lord is protecting us from that, like the last part of that equation, which is death, because we know that the wages of sin is death. Is death. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just so crazy. Like when you really like 
start to read the word and truly understand and you kind of um you really it it becomes so much more clear that first of all that God is the creator because he he's explaining how the human brains work to a T. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you know, if you if you just start to think about something long enough, you're going to want to do it. You're going to be tempted. Okay, well, you know, it's okay for me. Well, me and Rachel, we both like to eat. So like just thinking about food, you know, it's like when we <laughs> like whenever we go on Instagram, like I'll send her food. She'll be like, wow, that looks good. And I'll be like, yeah, that does look good. And I'm like, when are you off? And, and then it just, you know, like leads into it where it's like, okay, like we're enticed and mm-hmm. we, you know, we want it now because we're thinking about it, We're thinking about, it, we're imagining it. Yeah. You know, we're imagining what the food is going to taste like, mm-hmm. you know? So it's the same thing. And yeah, it's, we're like, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like we're pleasing our flesh. Mm-hmm. Just like when we sin, we're trying to please our flesh. And, you know, like Jesus says, you know, we have to deny ourselves, mm-hmm. deny those lustful thoughts, deny them right before they even start trying to, you know, come into your mind because we know that the devil works within the mind, mm-hmm. you know, and he attacks the mind. And, you know, when you're not grounded in the word of God and if you're not reading the word of God you are you're prone to be attacked by the enemy yep. you know in your mind and like whatever you look at like you can be on TikTok for hours and see things that you're not supposed to see mm-hmm. and then later down on you know in the day you could be you know something could happen you know where you're you're arguing with your spouse and not knowing you know why is this happening you know why is this happening to me it's because we're not really guarding our eyes we're not guarding our our gates our ears you know it's so important to stay away from sin yep you know we don't want to you know it's like like a cockroach for example right (laughs) you have a cockroach right it's it's you know you have the light turned off but as soon as you turn on the light you see them scattering running around trying to find the darkness yeah that's like you know when we sin we, we, you know, we try to hide away from the light, right? Mm-hmm. We're not trying to go towards the light. You know, people try to say, don't go towards the light, you know, but, you know, Jesus is the light and we're supposed to be the light of the world. And we want to walk in newness. We want to walk in righteousness. And, you know, how else are we going to sit here and be in darkness and then claim that we're, we're light, it doesn't, the two does not, you know, blend together. You can't have darkness and light together. And yeah, I just want to chime in really quick because what you said about how when we sin, we want to hide away from the light. It reminded me of a verse that I actually read like the other day. Um, it's John 3, uh, verse 20. Um, so it says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. And then also read the next verse, verse 21. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So that's real good. (laughs) All right, so I think we covered sin as much as we could. There's so, so much, Um, but we're gonna go on to grace now. Okay, I'm going to um, define grace. So we went online and uh, did Merriam-Webster. Um, so it's favor freely given or extended, always leaning forward. 
Um, and we also did uh, in Greek, the word for grace is charis. And then we also looked at um, in Aramaic, the word grace is tabitha, which means favor and goodness. So when we think of like grace, we think of, you know, the Lord. He's so gracious to us. Um, he, he, he gave us, you know, grace freely, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't deserve it, but he gives it to us. You know, that's how much he really, you know, loves us and favors us. And, um, it's by his, you know, love and mercy and his grace that we're able to be reconciled, you know, to God. You know, what happened, like, and, like, I want to go back to Genesis, like, what happened in the garden, Adam, like, literally was walking with God. And he was in communion with God. He had the spirit. You know, he had God dwelling with him, you know, walking in, you know, the Garden of Eden. And because he fell, he lost that. So us, we're spiritual beings, right? We we naturally um, are seeking for God and our spirit is constantly yearning to know what our purpose is, right? And we lost that spirit, we lost that touch of God because of the fall. And, but, you know, during, you know, the New Testament in the book of Acts, it talks about, you know, in the day of Pentecost, you know, we received the Holy Spirit so now, you know, we have the Holy Spirit. It was by His grace, you know, and I want to go to uh, to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And then it says, verse 9, Not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's a free gift, freely given to us, you know, by his grace. Um, We didn't deserve it. You know, us being so, you know, fallen and in our nature, you know, we, we do unrighteousness. We do things that are lawless. And that's all the Lord wanted was to be reconciled. You know, he wanted it to, to be found. He wants us to find him. And what way is, you know, through his grace, you know, that we're able to come back and have the Holy Spirit and be guided and know right from wrong and have discernment and have Yeshua be our ultimate teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, grace is just, it's it's one of the most beautiful things, like the whole Gospels yeah. is all about, you know, grace. Um, I don't know if you want to, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to think about because, you know, just like Rachel said, like, we truly don't deserve it at all. You know, grace is, it's unmerited. So we don't deserve it at all. Um, and he's given us so much of it. He's given us all the grace and it, and it's free, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, another verse that I have uh, 
written down itself. Romans 6, 14. Um, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Mm -hmm. And then, I want to do verse 15 as well. It says, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Um, this is a really huge topic that Aista and I really talk about all the time. Like, we love Romans because it's just the way Paul speaks. Like, Paul was, you know, the Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he had some knowledge that even Peter was like, I don't really understand, you know, yeah. some of the things that Paul speaks because he was a lawyer, you know? Mm -hmm. And he makes you really like, you have to like read the scripture over and over again to understand fully. And sometimes you can read a verse and not understand it until you read it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And um, he's literally saying like, what then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. And like what I see from that is I hear a lot of, um, in a lot of different denominations, they talk about how we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. We're in the, the, the period of uh, grace, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus did away with the law. So now we can, do whatever. you know, do whatever we want and, you know, repent and, you know, basically trample over his grace, right? Um, oh, but I'm going to jump yeah. in really quick because you said that. So... The in that same chapter six in Romans chapter six verses one to two. So just like what Rachel said, so because we have all that grace, um, you know, and the Roman church asked Paul, so okay, so what? Because now that we have all the all the grace, should we just sin so that way you know grace can just do its job? And so verse one says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound?" And then Paul says in verse two, "God forbid." How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So he's saying just because we have all this grace doesn't mean you just go on sinning. Mm -hmm. Just because you know that God is going to forgive you does not mean you go on sinning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's also a verse that says, you know, if you go on willfully it's, sinning. Um, it's funny because I just literally opened up this uh, Hebrews 10.26. Uh, yeah. So it says, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Yep. So we know the truth, right? Like, Aista and I were just talking beforehand, like how, you know, a lot of people, they, we go to church, right? A lot of churches don't really cover sin and acknowledgement of sin, like deep down and like to know how can you inherit the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. you know? I know that for me, for example, when I would go to church, I didn't have any idea that I was sinning. Yeah. So when he's, when uh, the writer of Hebrew is saying, for if we sin willfully after that we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. Yeshua was our sacrifice, our ultimate sacrifice. He died on the cross for us for the atonement of, you know, our sin, you know, he was the atonement of our sins. Yeah. So if we know that, right, and we're going out smoking weed, going clubbing, going partying, 
you know, fornicating, having, you know, intercourse out of marriage, you know, not in marriage, mm-hmm. we're willfully sinning, mm-hmm. you know, when we know the truth, when we know that that's wrong. You know, obviously scripture, you know, tells us what God loves and what God hates. Yep. So how are we going to trample all over his grace? We would be hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And it says there will, you know, there's no remaineth, no more sacrifice for sins. Yep. What is he, what did basically, you know, Yeshua die for? What did he die for? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to question, you know, ourselves. Like he took the sins of all the world on the cross, beaten, beard ripped out, face marred, unrecognizable, to the point where people couldn't even see who he was, didn't even know what he looked like. He was so beat up, his his organs were coming out from being whipped, you know. So you have to really question yourself, you know, I basically every nail that was was uh, hammered into his hands and his feet. We it's like we did that. Yeah. How how can we, you know, show him favor, show him love and, and honor when we're dishonoring him by our actions? How can we just be so rebellious and know the truth and continue in sin? That's where you know his grace abounds. Mm-hmm. You know, he he loves us so much, even though that us in our unrighteousness, you know, we fail to see the good that he did for us. We we don't we take it for granted in a way. Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, truly, what it is, it's a lack of gratitude. Because if you, you know, and we're not saying this as in, you know. Once you realize what the Lord has done for you, that now you're, you know, walking in perfect righteousness. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just going to say that again, because it's not possible, you know, he, and he knows that. And that's why he died, because he knows that none of us would be able to get into heaven, it, it, knowing how we are. It's not possible. Um, I wanted to say real quick, when you said, you know, about being perfect, uh, Yeshua and Matthew 5, 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, mm-hmm. even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Yeah. So we seek to, to be righteous. We seek to yeah. be as perfect. But, you know, the Lord knows we fall short every yeah. day. It may not be every day, but we have seasons where we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. His will. You know, sometimes we become slothful. We make promises we make vows that we don't do and you know the lord the lord sees everything you know and he knows the intentions of our hearts but it's important to know that like we're not perfect and a lot of people like to say well i'm human that's their excuse well i'm human we're all sinners right but you know i don't know if you want to well it's like yeah God knows that, he already said that, so that's not really a valid excuse. Um, it's just like, you know, like he's our, our, like how do you show your parent 
that you truly love them? Do you just tell them, oh, I love you, God, or sorry, I, you know, yes, I love you, God, or I love you, mom. And then you turn around and you talk bad about your mom or you, you lie to your mom all the time or you're never there for your mom when she needs you, you always disobey her. We all know that it's your actions. It's, it's your actions. And that's why the word also says, faith without works is dead. Like, you can't say, oh, I have faith in the Lord. Oh, I, I love God, I'm for God. And your works aren't out enough. Like, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And another thing that I was gonna say, Rachel, is you know, just when Rachel's talking about how, you know, God understands, Hebrews 4.15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Because remember, you guys, Jesus was in, you know, the, the, sorry, <laughs> I'm like stuttering. Oh, okay. Jesus <laughs> was tempted by Satan, you know, after he was fasting, you know, he's weak. Remember, he's in a human body, so he hasn't ate. None of that. He's weak. Yeah. And Satan's attacking him, coming for him, twisting the word of God to try to get him to yeah. sin and to fall. But he did not. You know, and that's what this is saying. You know, he understands. He sympathizes with us. But yet he was without sin. So it, it's not it, like saying you're human is not an excuse. It's really not. He does understand. You know, he sympathizes with us. That's exactly what this verse is saying. He understands. But that doesn't mean that you take advantage of his grace you don't take advantage of his kindness you don't take advantage of the sacrifice that he did for us it, it's real it's truly not right and once you realize truly what he has done like once you truly understand you won't want to sin anymore you won't want to continue to do the things that you were doing in the past because it will truly pierce you and you'll understand what he did for you for everybody um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, like, um, no, like, when you were speaking about how Jesus was being tempted, he showed us what we were to do yep. when we are tempted. He used the word of God. Mm -hmm. He went back to the Old Testament and used the word of God against Satan. And he and Satan fleed for a season. So he shows us that, you know, this is what we need to do. When you are tempted and when you are tried and when you are facing your battles and the enemy is coming at you with those fiery darts, mm -hmm. use the word of God. And that's why I'm saying it is so good. And I'm telling this to myself to be worded in the in the word of God. Yes. Be, be grounded day and you know? night. Um, and you then also, um, Holy Spirit was putting on my heart was James um, 122 through 25. It says, but be ye doers of the word, mm -hmm. and not not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Yeah. And I don't know what, like, if ESV is like. No, it's pretty similar. Okay. So I, yeah, it's, it's very similar to yours. You know, it's like, you know, if you look at verse 23, it says, 
For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So, I know that like you and Enrique have talked about like, you know, that verse specifically. Um, yeah, we, we have, um, like pretty much we just, you know, you know, when Enrique talks to me about it, he's just explaining, you know, like, you, you basically sit down, right? And you hear the word and it's pretty much, um, you're like being a hypocrite, you know, like you're sitting down, you're soaking it in and then you walk out into the real world, real world (laughs) where you're you're supposed to truly show, you know, that you're a Christian, but it's like, you've already forgotten everything. You've already forgotten who you are. You're looking, you know, and it's the same thing. Like you can't, when you go and look at yourself in the mirror, you shouldn't forget who you are, right? Like we should all know what we what we look like and I feel like well and like when you look sorry when you look in the mirror <laughs> when you look in the mirror like we're supposed to be Christ-like mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. you know when we look in the mirror do we see Christ in us yep are we bearing fruit yep. that is fruitful are we are we not only just being hearers of the word but doers right are we practicing what we preach right a lot of people can say they're Christians but if they're bearing fruit that is not fruitful, the, Yeshua literally says that you will be cut, cut. down and thrown into mm-hmm. the fire. Mm-hmm. This is so important that we're walking, you know, like us being Christians, a lot of people are waiting for us to fall. Right. You know, when they say Christian cussing, oh, you're a Christian? Well, uh, you know, yeah. You know, they judge you right away, right? You know, and but, but that's how you know too that we are supposed to be set apart. Right. We're you know we're supposed to be holy. That's why people, if you say you're a Christian, people ask you certain questions like, oh well, how do you feel about this or right. how do you feel about that? Because people know, pe- you know, people have a general idea um, of the things that we believe in and and the way that we follow Christ because it's the opposite direction of the world. You know what? Well, hold on a second. You know what's crazy to me? Like I just got revelation of this. You know how we're supposed to test every spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that, you know, like unbelievers will also test us? <laughs> Isn't that's that crazy? true? Yeah. Like to really think that's outside the box. Really like how weird is that? That we're supposed to test all spirits and yeah. like test all spirits, like even with people who are unbelievers and believers. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't don't get anything wrong. Like yeah. we're supposed to test all spirits because yeah. many people can say, oh. Well, I'm for Christ, and then you start learning their doctrine, what kind of man-made doctrine that they're following, you know, yeah. following the theology. You know, that's why discernment is so important. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say about. No, that. that's true too, though, because, like, it it is. Wow, that's actually crazy. You said that. That's actually really good. No, yeah, it, it is something that people do all the time, and you know, like I was, I told you earlier today, Rachel is, you know, like. Lord has been asking me, like, do you have the marks of a true Christian? Which is, um, it's it's in Romans 12, uh, it's verses 9 through 21, and the title of it, I'm not sure the title, but mine is uh, Marks of a True Christian. Um, well, mine says uh, the perfect will of God. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> so, it just says... Um, let so this is verse nine so let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor 
Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. And this verse is like my favorite verse. Um, so this is verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who perse- persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, yeah, like, ever since I read that, I was like, okay, am I actually upholding any of these Mm -hmm. true marks? Like, am I or am I not? Because if I'm not, then that means when I'm going out into the world, people are questioning whether I truly have Christ within me. You know, and that's not a good look because, yeah. like Rachel said way earlier, we are supposed to be the light. You know, we're mm-hmm. supposed to be the salt of the earth. You know, we're supposed to add that flavor and add that that light so people can, you know, even when we're having a bad day or maybe something just happened at work and everybody else is stressing out and, you know, you're the only one that's calm. Yeah. Someone's going to come up to you and say, Rachel, like, why aren't you freaking out? Like, why aren't you mad? Like, did you not hear what, the, you know, our manager just said? Like, now we're all going to have to work you know, doubles or whatever. Why aren't you mad? You're not going to be mad because in everything, you're going to, you know, have that joy of the Lord in you, you know? So that people should be able to come up to us and ask us, why are you the way you are? And we should be able to answer and say, we are the way we are because of Christ. Wow. You know, that reminds me, I think it's Peter. Um, Is it uh, when people ask, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it says uh, in 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord yeah. God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Yep. Right there, like, it's just to the T, everything you just spoke confirms, you know, in 1 Peter 3.15, that... You know, we're supposed to have an answer mm-hmm. to every man that asks us, like, well, why? Why are you, you know, when you're going through tri- tribulation, when you're going through hardship, why are you still faithful to God? Why are you, why are yeah. you even praising God? And, like, you know, that's something that both uh, my fiancé and I have really strongly believed in. When we were going through our, our trials of almost being homeless, literally mm-hmm. days before, um, we still were praying to God and we're still praising him through the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Lord looks for us, you yeah. know, looks, looks for in us, you know, that we're constantly seeking him, even when we're going through the bad, you yeah. know, it's the good, bad and ugly. What is marriage? Marriage is, you know, being able to, you know, go through tribulation with each other, go, mm-hmm. go through the trials, you know, what is, how does God see us? We're the bride of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He is, he is our bridegroom. So he is, you know, he's seeing how we're being obedient, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, you know, the, the bride, you yeah. know, wife. 
we're being obedient and submissive to our our Lord, our mm-hmm. you know our Father, and it's it's a marriage. Everything that's in this in the Word of God is a marriage. It's His marriage to us. Like we're the bride, and He's the bride's bridegroom, and that's all He wants from us is to to love us, you know, mm-hmm. to to show that we love Him, that we're honoring Him in everything that we do. And um, he, he's just, he's done so many good things in our lives that we rejoice through the good and the bad. And like, yep. if you read the chapter, like book of Job. Oh yeah. He literally went through everything. His his family died. He, he had all swords. Yeah. yeah. He lost all his money and his riches and everything. You know, even his wife said, curse God and die. Yeah. Even when, you know, everybody was, is, was questioning you know, well, what did you do? Did you sin against God? That's why all this stuff is happening to you. But, you know, Job, he he was still rejoicing. He was still praising God. He didn't question God, mm-hmm. you know. And that's how we need to be. Like, when we're going through these trials, we have to be faithful to him. Yeah. He was so faithful to us that he went, you know, he went on the cross. He walked with that cross all the way and and died for us, suffered a horrible death, a torturous death, you know, someone who was so, that was innocent, you know, but that's how much love that he has for us, like, he's just waiting, he's just waiting for us to come to realize, like, we are nothing without him, even if you see, like, homeless people, you know, even they acknowledge God, they have it on their sides, like, God bless, even if, you know, they're living, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on in their life or not, but they acknowledge God, yeah, even through their hardship, yeah. And that's where we need to humble ourselves and, you know, understand like things happen in our life, and sometimes it's sin, yeah, you know. And if we don't reevaluate ourselves and don't look at ourselves, look at the man in the mirror, and and that reflection. It needs to be Christ. Yep. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with everything you said, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of good that we're talking about trials and stuff because now um, we're going to go into talking about overcoming sin. So, so uh, first verse that I'll be reading today will be James 1, 12 through 15. Um, we kind of touched this earlier but um blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life which god has promised to those who love him let no one say when he is tempted i'm being tempted by god for god cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death amen um, and then I'm going to do First Corinthians 10.13. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Yeah. Amen. All right, and so I'll be reading Romans seven fifteen through 19. 
Um, so this verse is so good, you guys, or these verses are so good. Um, it just really puts in perspective that nobody is perfect. Everybody has, you know, struggles with sin. And this is Paul talking. And Paul is like, it's going to be a long line in heaven, people <laughs> waiting to, to meet him. So, okay. So uh, this is verse 15. So, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So the reason why we did want to bring up this, these verses, though, is because Paul is basically talking about the battle that he has with trying to overcome sin, right? Like he he's saying, you know, I don't even get why I act the way I act. I don't even get, you know, why I'm feeling this way. But I always, I am battling with, I want to do the right thing, but then I still end up doing the thing that I don't want to do. And that's the battle that we we all have, you know? And I think Rachel's going to read a verse that also relates to that pretty soon. Um, where it, it's a constant battle between that flesh and spirit, you know, like we want our spirit, you know, wants to do what's right, but our flesh wants to do what the flesh wants, which is the complete opposite. Um, in Matthew uh, 26, 41, this really correlates with what uh, scripture I just brought up. It says, you know, and this is in the red letter, Jesus was speaking, Yeshua was speaking. It says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then I'll be reading um, Matthew 7, 7. So um, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. I'll also read verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. So, you know, a way to overcome overcome <laughs> sin, of course, is to pray. Mm-hmm. You have to pray. You have to pray. That is our that is the way that we communicate to God. Yeah. You know, and you have to pray and be humble and, and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this sin. I really, really need your help. I really need you to send somebody my way that will help me, you know, because the Lord hears our prayers. He hears, and especially when you're coming to him, because he already knows if you're struggling with something. Yeah. But when you come to him and you say, God, I'm truly struggling. I need help. I can't do this on my own because that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to surrender. Yes. He wants us to say, Lord, this weight is too much. I cannot, I can't, you know, I'm really struggling with these lustful thoughts. I, I really can't. It's like every time I go, you know, somewhere and I see, you know, someone of the opposite gender, I I think about them, you know, or, or Lord, I'm really struggling like with, you know, getting upset, you know, like every time that somebody says something to me, it just irritates me. Like, I really need you to help me. I really need you to, um, you know, deliver me d- yeah, deliver me from that and, and guard my tongue and yes. make, you know, it, that prayer is the communication that we have with the Lord. And if you're not communicating with him, he's not 
she knows obviously what we need help with but if you don't ask just like what matthew 77 said if you don't ask then you're really on your own you have to ask you have to be humble and say lord i really cannot i need you i truly cannot do this on my own um and i can't stress enough to say that this is why it's so important to um have fellowship with fellow uh brothers and sisters in christ because Mm -hmm. They are there to intercede for you on your behalf of your sins and your struggles because we all, you know, and I know from my experience that, like, seeing, like, you know, my fiancé with his struggles, you know, and, and my struggles as well, um, asking brothers, you know, to pray, you know, for us uh, on our behalf in interceding, I think it's very important to um, just... Have have that, you know, relationship with others and, you know, fellowship and Bible studying and edifying one another because, like, uh, the Lord put on my heart, um, Hebrews 10, 25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Um, so assembling and like a lot of people say like oh well I don't I don't go to a church I don't believe in you know going to a church and it's like you know a lot of people don't understand it's it's so important it's so important to you know have a home church you know or you know have your own bible study group or you know have people there for you when you are going through you know struggles and your battles and your strongholds and you know, because Christians do backslide. There is such a thing as backsliding. And we've all gone through that. We all had seasons where we go back to doing, you know, doing the things that we we did in the past, like say like video games or watching things that we're not supposed to watch. Um, I think it's in Peter about going back to, a uh, dog going back to its own vomit. I think he relates to it, but um, mm. it says, um, it says Second Peter uh, chapter two verse twenty-two. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb: the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So, you know, Christians backslide that that scripture right there just like tells you that you know we're like a dog that goes back to its own vomit like we're continuing to go back to that sin that we know we're not supposed to do you know a dog you know dogs naturally when they puke they they eat their puke right yeah so you know and peter was relating it to you know going back to the old testament reading uh proverbs from uh, solomon you know the wisest man and uh, it just shows like the word of God doesn't change, you know, and like it's it's that whole self-reflection thing. Like, are we doing what's right? Are we doing the will of God? Are we looking at ourselves in the mirror and seeing Christ in everything that we do? You know, are we being just a hearer of the word or are we also being a doer of the word? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think we covered 
you know, I don't know if you, if you wanted to. Yeah, um, I think just one more important thing probably for overcoming sin is just uh, making sure that you have the full armor of God. Yeah. So that's uh, Ephesians 6 verses uh, 11 to 18. <clears throat> so it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So, that, <laughs> you know, those verses are basically action steps um, as to what you should do. Um, of course, always praying, you know, what Rachel said, make sure you're praying always. Um, first Thessalonians five, uh, 17, pray without ceasing. So always making sure that you're praying, you know, you can, when you wake up in the morning, you know, on your way to work, um, because how else are we supposed to build a relationship with God if we're not praying continuously, Right. So just you having that time with him to talk to him, to update him on your day. Those are the things, you know, I'm saying this for myself too. Those are the things I would have to remember because the more that we talk to him, the more that we'll, we'll know his character, we'll know his voice. You know, he says, my sheep, they know my voice. And the only way you're going to know his voice is if you're reading his word and talking to him. So just getting yourself, you know, prayed up, um, get yourself armored up with the whole armor of God. You know, you have to put on, uh, what is it? I'm going to read each one again. So, um, okay, fastened on the belt of truth. Put on the breast breastplate of righteousness. Uh, shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And then you have your shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, because we all know the enemy is constantly trying to come at us, right? And then take the helmet of salvation and then always make sure that you have your sword with you, which is the word of God. Um, and again, just making sure that you're praying at all times in the spirit. Um, and I also want to say uh, that sometimes, you know, you can be going about your day and somebody gets put on your heart, you know, and if you're walking in the spirit, you know, the Lord will put a, a person's name in your, you know, in your mind or on your heart. Just, I advise to like, don't quench the Holy Spirit, just start praying, you know, because it says pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, when you're praying, you know, Satan doesn't want you to be in prayer, doesn't want you to be in the word of God. So he'll use things to distract you, whether it be social media, whether it be, you know, friends, you know, going out, you know, distracting instead of you being, you know, grounded in the word of God, you know, so... I think it's very important not to quench, you know, the Holy Spirit. When you feel like the Lord is telling you to do something, 
you know, you better do it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it, And it says it in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Um, it says, quench not the spirit. What is your, I don't know mm-hmm. if yours. Mine says, do not quench the spirit. Yeah. And then it says uh, in verse uh, 21, it says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And then 22, it says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I also want to say 23, it, it says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we're, you know, we're basically called to be, you know, blameless. You know, we, we don't want to have any, you know, blemishes on us. We want to be, you know, holy. We want to be set apart from the world. And how can we be set apart, you know, if we're not in the word and knowing the truth? You know, a lot of people, you know, like I said before, a lot of people claim they're Christian, but they don't open their Bible, you know? And we all have our seasons where, you know, we should be, you know, in the word more than, you know, we're on the phone. Like the very, very first thing that we do when we wake up is go straight to our phone and social media, check our, 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 you know, our platforms. And that becomes an idol. You know, a lot of people don't recognize this, but like, you know, why are we not spending that time in the morning before we have to go to work? To, to have communion with God, talk with God. You know, we, we tend to just gravitate towards our phones as the very first thing that we do when we wake up. How are we, you know, how are we spending time with, you know, God? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely agree. It's, it's hard though, but it, it takes discipline. So yes. whether that's you, you know, deleting apps off your phone, um, you know, having to take a break from social media. Fasting. Fa- yep. Fasting for sure. Oh, yeah. It's definitely fasting. You'll overcome a lot when you do that. Um, so prayer, fasting, making sure you're armored up, um, mm-hmm. asking for prayer from fellow believers, um, Bible studying with fellow believers. Just always just making sure that you have the word on, I think, is something, too, that's really good Um, to, like, fill up your mind, you know? Um, Like, I have too much apps on my phone because of work and stuff and too many photos, so I don't have a lot of room on my phone. But I know, like, like with uh, Enrique, you know, and Austin and Ista, they all have almost the same app. So Mm -hmm. it's like clockwork. Like... Uh, at certain times of, you know, the day or night, scripture, you know, will show up like a text message, correct? Yeah. And, you know, it's so important, you know, to just constantly in and out of season, you want to be, you know, in the word of God, because this is the truth. This is, you know, this is our guide, you know, our, our guide to life. You know, if this is the bread and this is, this is life given to us the word of god is alive and if we're filling it with the world um how are we you know how are we going to walk you know in the spirit how are we going to be able to 
communicate with God? How are we going to be able to do all those things if we're walking with the world, hand in hand with the world? Yep. You know, like I said, you know, in the Word of God, it says, you know, there's children of God and children of the devil. You know, so which, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, who do I serve? Yeah, and just based off of what you just said too, James 4.4 4 says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So if you're, you know, and, and this is for myself too, you know, if you're constantly on, you know, social media, it's like just what Rachel said earlier too, like the songs, they get stuck in your head, you know, like the songs, the uh trending yeah that's trending yeah just like everything that you've seen gets stuck in your head <clears throat> sorry so imagine if you instead of watching tiktoks and listening you know to those sounds over and over and over again you put on like the bible instead like just any random chapter anything you put it on in your headphones and you listen to that while you go about your business you know instead of, instead of filling it up with with things that have no business with god you know, like that's the only way that we can overcome sin is with the grace and the help of the Lord. You can't overcome sin by indulging in sin. It, it doesn't work that way. So um, it just reminded me of uh, Romans 12, 2. Oh, yeah. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So then in a day, we're looking, you know, for the will of God. What is our will for God? You know, we're, we're constantly, you know, trying to be, you know, transformed. You know, we're trying to renew our mind. We're trying to unlearn things that we knew before that we thought was okay. Yeah. You know, and now we're trying to walk in newness of life, righteousness. You know, yeah, and and when you say that, it reminds me of another verse. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it just reminds me of Philippians four eight. It says, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things." And what's one thing we know that's all those things? Clearly, the Word of God. Yeah. So just placing yourself you know just putting on sermons or even like there are like um there's these youtube channels like i think like there's one called like lion of judah i think um and even if you just go onto youtube type in like overnight bible verses or good morning bible or verses jesus is a word yeah or just anything like that and you play it like there there are some that are like 12 hours long so i don't know how many hours y'all be working but the average is eight. <laughs> so that's a full, you know, depending on, of course, what kind of job you have, if you're allowed to have headphones, you know, that's a full day of God's word just being planted in your mind, planted planted in your mind, you know? And it's perfect because you're taking out all the all the bad and replacing it with the good, yes. you know? And that's going to transform your mind. It's going to renew your mind. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, your sin isn't going to have that, that hold on you anymore, yeah. you know? dominion over you. yeah exactly it's not gonna it's not gonna have dominion over you anymore you know it's you're you're going to just truly be renewed and 
you're gonna feel new, <laughs> like literally. So just, you know, changing what you, uh, what's the word, like indulge in? Or not indulge, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something else, but just change, oh, changing what you consume, that's what yeah. I have to say, um, can really change your whole entire mindset and your whole, and can really just redirect your walk with God, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Did you have a verse, Rachel? Um. Oh, I thought you did. Sorry. I. I. I just did that. But. Oh. Okay. Well. All right. I think that's really all that we have. Um. We just had two verses that we wanted to close with, because we don't know who's listening. We don't know. You know. Obviously, we can't see names or anything like that. So, we just want to close with these two verses. Um that we feel just summarize everything that we've gone through today. So the first one um, that I'll be reading is uh, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 10, and Rachel will be reading Isaiah 55, 6 through 7. So 2 Peter 3, 8 through 10 says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So a lot of times people say, Oh my gosh, you guys have been saying for years, Jesus is coming back. Yeah, right. When is he coming back? When is he coming back? But people don't understand that the Lord, he's not slow to fulfill his promise. Mm -hmm. That's him showing mercy. That's him showing grace. And he's being patient with us because he knows there's still more souls that need to be saved. Mm -hmm. And he wants that. That's how much he, he wants as many people as possible to get saved, to be with him. But the thing is, you can't be with him if you're walking in sin. It's not, it, you know, um, it, it's just not possible. Just think about it. If, if you had your perfect clean house, would you allow people to walk in, you know, just, they just rolled all in mud and they want to walk in your house and not take their shoes off, not wash their hands, nothing. And they're rubbing stuff all over your walls, rubbing sin everywhere. No, you don't want that. You want clean people in your home, people that care, people that, you know, cherish you, people that cherish your home. And you can't say that you love the Lord and you cherish the Lord and you're ruining, you know, yourself, your body. You know, you're, you're ruining everything that he's done. You're not, there's no gratitude within you. There's no honor. Yeah, there's no honor. There's no respect. You have to respect and love him and honor him. And the way that you do that is... You know, he said, if, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. So by obeying him, repenting, turning away from your sin. And the next verse that Rachel uh, will be reading is truly going to show you what really needs to happen. Because you guys, Jesus is coming back. He truly is. I know, I know people have been saying this for how long, but he truly is. And when he comes, it's going to be wonderful for some but fearful for others. So we have, you need to make sure that you're ready because you don't know when he's going to come. So I'll be reading Isaiah 55, 
uh, verses 6 through 7. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And then I like, I like this verse 8. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, mm-hmm. neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Yep. So that's how you know he is not of this world. Mm-hmm. He's so holy that we can't even look at him. You know, we're we're like, you know, our like like I said before in like the past uh, pod, you know, podcast episodes, you know, our our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yeah. You know, when we it's like when we come before God, it's like man, we're we have to be very humble and very careful of the things that we say, you know, and it says every Every idle word, you know, we'll be held accountable for the good and the bad that we do in this, you know, in our bodies, you know, and the sooner, you know, you get on board and, and, and ask Lord, the Lord to convict you, ask the Lord to reveal what's in your heart, ask the Lord that if there's any wicked way in me, you know, Lord, please chastise me. If, you know, the Lord, He loves He loves us so much that He's He rebukes us. He He chastises us. He He shows us our faults, mm-hmm. and you know He can use a random person or even you know your brother or sister in Christ to to gently correct you. Mm-hmm. You know when you are wrong, and a lot of people don't like correction. And it does cut, especially when they use the word of God. And but they're doing it out of love. Um, there's a verse, one more verse, I'm sorry. I also have one <laughs> while oh, you're looking. Okay. So Hebrews twelve six says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Verse seven says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate illegitimate children and not sons. So, truly, the Lord, he's just treating us how our parents treat us. <laughs> like, your parents discipline you all the time. And yet, for a moment, you might be like, oh my gosh, you know, my mom is so strict. My dad is so strict. You know, they won't let me do anything, but they're doing that because they love you. And it's the same with God. He loves us so much that he disciplines us. Mm-hmm. And the last verse I'm going to read is from Proverbs uh, chapter 27, verse 5. It says, open rebuke is better than secret love. Well, that was all for today's episode. Please do not forget to subscribe. We upload new episodes every other Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our next episode will be titled, Willing But Weak. During this episode, we'll be diving deep into Romans 8. We'll be discussing the difference between the flesh and spirit. All of our episodes can be streamed on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and many more. Please follow us on Instagram at Daughters of a King Podcast, and feel free to DM us any suggestions for topics or any questions that you may have. You can also email us at daughtersofakingpodcast at gmail.com. 
But thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.